This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The clock is ticking and it's all going on at Sky Sports News. The transfer deadline by the time this goes out will be roughly... 36 hours away. We're almost there, deadline day. But City have been busy, and unlike recent years, we've been busy right up until the end of the window. So today we're going to be discussing are City stronger after the window we've had, thinking about the incomings and outgoings. I'm your host today, Ollie Kirsch. I'm Lee Bardsley. And I'm David Powell. It's Thursday, 31st of August, and this is the City Report podcast. So, gentlemen, Luke, you actually just mentioned it right before we hit record. It's the first time in a few years that it looks like we're going to get an exciting end to the window, depending on what you call exciting. Um, It doesn't always work out that way if things don't go the way we want them to, but we're certainly going to have a 10 cents to the window. We've got a couple of question marks uh, over incomings and outgoings, but we're just going to break it down first a little bit before we kind of sum up how the window's gone. So, Luke, I will come back to you first. As things stand at the moment, uh, we've brought in, we'll, we'll start at the back, we've brought in Guardiola and we've lost Laporte and possibly Chancelo, if Barca can get their act together. Stronger, weaker, how are we feeling? Have we, have we improved at the back? Is Guardiola enough to make up for the difference in, in the loss of Laporte and possibly Chancelo? This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. 
Yeah, I mean, he covers both positions, doesn't he, technically? So I feel like it's a ready-made replacement for them too. Um, obviously, his age definitely works in our favour. He's going to be a mainstay for the next 10 years. Um, and if you look at the fee, uh, I know it costs, what you what we're saying, like 90 million, something like that. Um, but you've got reports come off there. Um, and Cancelo, if, we, if it is a loan to buy, uh, we don't know at this stage. Again, that's more money that's going to be coming off that fee. Um, so overall, defensively, I feel like we've strengthened overall. Like Laporte, even though he's got the bags of experience, he was crucial at times over the past few years. He was slipping down the pecking order last year. We all know that. And I feel like with Gavardio, and especially at the start of the season, um, in the last couple of games, he's really hit the ground running. So personally for me, I think it's been an improvement so far. Uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you. Are, are we are we missing some experience? Guardiola is obviously very young. Uh, we've we've lost two very experienced players in Laporte and Chancelo. Uh, again, for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to assume Chancelo's out because even if he does remain on City's books, I'm not sure he's going to see a blade of grass until the January transfer window where we might try and get rid of him again. But Chancelo and Laporte, they're winners, right? The, Chancelo's been around Europe. Laporte has, has won everything there is to win with us. And Guardiola's still very young, right? Are we perhaps missing an element of leadership with with the kind of the net gain or loss of these outgoings and incomings? I, I wouldn't say so, to be honest with you. In terms of actual age, yeah, maybe. But I think the fact that it looks like Walker's staying, if he'd have left, I'd be saying, okay, yeah, we, maybe we have over-egged it in terms of losing that experience with Rico probably stepping in for Walker but Walker staying is I think we're, we're more than covered in terms of leadership especially and then the age I don't see it being a problem whatsoever I think Vardial already is looking like he's a 25, 26 year old Premier League centre back already and he's what is he 21 the, the sort of composure on the ball and I think he's going to grow into that role of, of probably being not maybe exactly like Diaz but that sort of figure that is going to be a rock at the back for City on and off the pitch. So I don't, no, not at all. I think I think we're covered. Nathan Ake is another year older, another year experience in the City camp. Rico's got another year under his belt. I, yeah, I think we're absolutely fine at the back. To be honest with you, maybe if Stones and Diaz spend a little bit of time on the the injury uh, bench, maybe we could be struggling a little bit on that front. But with Kanji only having one season in the Prem, but I think overall across the whole sort of back line, we're we're covered in that sense. And Dave, are you happy? Have we have we done good dealings at the back? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Vardio, like uh, Luke said, he's, he's a signing that's not just for the next two or three years. He's a signing that he's going to reinvent himself on that back line for probably three sort of periods, three transitions of a team. He'll, he'll be there. So I think it's a signing that's it's a long-term one. So by losing Laporte, who, again, like Luke said, his, his time was sliding every season wasn't it he was becoming less and less important I think unless we had those injuries the back end of was it last season or the season no the season before where he was forced to play because he was probably the only person who was on about 80% he probably wouldn't have even played then either and I think we'd probably have lost him before this summer so yeah no I'm, I'm more than happy with the uh, the transfer dealing so far and looks like we've kept Ortega as well which I think is a big one as well yeah, I forgot about Ortega. So I guess we owe it to him when we're talking about the players at the back to count Ortega in as well. Um, before we move up the pitch, then Luke, is there anything you would have changed? Any any others you would have looked to have brought in? Uh, anyone that we maybe should have kept out of the two of them, Laporte and Chancelo, on top of, I guess, the numbers that we already have 
Anything you would have done differently? Uh, personally, no. I feel like it's been a bit of a tiki masterclass as we kind of known to come in recent years, isn't it? He, he has swapped out um, one ageing player who isn't getting a lot of game time and one bad egg in the change room, allegedly again. And he's brought in um, an almost world-class centre-half. So I wouldn't have done anything differently. I feel like he's made the last year best defence in Europe as the chant goes into an even stronger defence in Europe, which is very exciting when we are going across all fronts. And as you know, we have centre-halves and full-backs that don't have to play as centre-halves and full-backs. They can cover in midfield. They can cover at full-back if they're a centre-half. They can cover at centre-half for a full-back. Look at Walker. He's done it for England in the past. Um, so personally, we've just made it even stronger, which is very exciting. Yeah, and I think it helps as well that we don't really need to worry about fullback numbers. If we lost all of our fullbacks today, we've got a uh, we've got a system of football ready that doesn't require any fullbacks anyway. You know, we can stick three, four centre halves on the pitch and we'll function absolutely fine. All right, so moving up into midfield then, and with the way a Pep Guardiola team works, this has to be spot on, right? The the, the midfield is the crucial cog in the city machine. So we've lost Mar uh, no in fact Mares. Sorry, we're going to count him as a forward. We've lost Gundo from midfield and I guess Chancello might be counted as a midfield loss in a sense, you know, kind of with the role that he was playing um before he flounced out last season. So outgoings Gundo and half a Chancello incoming Kovacic. Um Possibly Mateus Nunes at the time of recording. This is the night before it arrives uh, over on your podcast um, on Spotify and your Apple Podcasts. At the time of recording, Nunes has been here. We go by Fabrizio Romano, but Gary O'Neill did say yesterday that he expects him to be part of the team this season. So we're not going to assume he's coming, but we'll, we'll include him in the conversation uh, tentatively. So, Dave, I'm going to come back to you. Kovacic in possibly Nunes and Kovacic looks like he's right at home immediately which is quite refreshing for a pep signing and we've lost the legend that is Gundo how are we feeling three weeks ago I was very nervous now I'm probably too confident I think we're we've we're a team who seem to just cope with losing a legend every summer I think it's probably been mentioned hundreds of times that every year we seem to lose one of our our big legends and people step up instantly. Um, Kovacic has looked a fantastic player. He, he's obviously another one that Pep's brought in that isn't just a number eight, he's not a number six. He's, he can play across the whole of that centre of the park. And then also I think it's worth mentioning as well that probably halfway through last season, John Stones became a midfielder or at least a standing midfielder. So it's although we've lost Gundogan, in the last six months, we've gained Kovacic, who can play across two or three positions, and then John Stones, who now is comfortably playing in the number six, and then even at times he's playing at number eight, Champions League final. So, again, I think as things have progressed, I've become a lot more calm. <laughs> in the summer, when the, uh, the transfer dealings were going ahead, I was thinking, what are we doing here? We're taking our time. What are we playing at? in the saga with Paqueta, if, you, if that's how you say his name, I was thinking, oh, we're dropping the ball here, but... I'm now sitting here like two days before the transfer window thinking we're probably in a, again, midfield is looking stronger than it was last year for me, which is crazy to say after Gundogan's left, captain, FA Cup final goal scorer, Champions League hero. But yeah, I'm again 
pretty confident. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm always confident with City. But uh, yeah, I think in midfield is looking pretty good. And if Nunes comes in from from what I've read, researched and seen, another corking player that's going to add a lot to City this season. Luke, how do you feel? Um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I would feel... If Kovacic had come in and done the usual routine of needing to settle, needing time to bed in, we'd probably be panicking a lot more about this right now. But we, we, we're we quite happy with him for now. Has that contributed to the fact that everyone's quite settled about our midfield? And I don't feel... I feel even if Nunes doesn't happen, for some reason it falls through at this stage... We're quite calm about it. How much of that is down to Kovacic's positive start? I mean, he's crucial, isn't it? He's he's coming and just hit the ground. You don't look like he's going to give the ball away whenever he's got it. He's <laughs> mental. And he's burst from midfield. You're like, it's like watching Gundo at times. And I'm like, what is happening here? It's like we just signed a ready-made replacement. And that is just not City, usually, <laughs> with all the past few years. Um, but I, I think, personally, that we're probably one light. I'm still positive about midfield. Um, we can make do with that. If there's no more incomings, we can make do with it, but I feel like it is a make-do. We're not as strong as we possibly could be. Personally, I'm counting Bernardo Silva as a new signing. Every Man City fan expected him to leave. We'd all said our goodbyes. We knew, in, we thought he was going to be gone. And he signed a new contract and he's here to stay for another year. That is a new signing to me. He is sensational. And the fact that he's going to be playing a guarantee another year football... It can only get better. So, yeah, if, if we do sign um, another midfield, I think that'll make it a kind of 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 sort of midfield. At this moment, we are one light, um, but they can all do a job, can't they? We, we, there's literally, what is it, every single player there, yeah, every single player I'm looking at has played international football in our midfield. Mental. And we're going to bring in another one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be a transfer show without talking without the old cliche of like a new signing like over over take it off your checklist over here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bingo card like here yeah, over in Salford you know Harry Maguire they, they found out he's staying like a new signing they're buzzing they're buzzing <laughs> All right. Um, I'm not going to ask you the question of uh, would you have done anything different, Dave? Because in the second half of this episode, I want to talk about, as we have every season, a list of names of the ones that got away. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Moving up the pitch, though, to the forwards, a little bit more movement here. So Doku has come in on the way out. We have Mares, who has left, and again, same caveat as Mateus Nunes. It's been here we go by Fabrizio Romano that uh, Palmer will be leaving. Cole Palmer at 45 million, by the way. I think uh, I'm going to ask Luke's opinion on this in a bit because I know you disagree, but I think 45 million pounds for Palmer. We've absolutely had Todd Bowley and Chelsea's pants down here if this happens. So overall, Dave, let's assume Palmer's out. We know Mares is out and we're brought in Doku. That leaves the front line, uh, the, the seniors, anyway, the more established players. We've got Grealish, we've got Foden, we've got Harlem, we've got Dec uh, Doku. Um, I'm definitely missing somebody here, aren't I? Grealish, Foden, Harlem, Doku, Alvarez. How are we feeling? How, how's, the, how's the movement there? Net gain, net loss? Uh, probably the same, really. 
in terms of if you, if you don't count Gundogan as a, an, a a forward in terms of his output in terms of goals, but I when the season finished and we lost Mares and Gundogan, I was thinking we are probably now quite considerably light. I think Andrew put it in the group chat that we were twenty five or thirty goals down and fifteen assists without those, and now De Bruyne is down as well. I do think maybe we're slightly light. I don't know enough about Doku in terms of is he going to pop up in his first season and get 10 goals or is he going to do a Jack Grealish and get one or two? If he is a one and two first season player with Grealish doing one and two as well, we probably are going to be a bit light, especially if Harling picks up an injury, which I think he did pick up one last season, didn't he, and missed maybe three or four weeks and we were, we were about to start panicking until Alvarez started banging the goals in. But it'd be a lot of pressure on the young lad to not only step into Haaland's shoes, but also fill the goals of Gundogan, Mares, Grealish not getting the goals, Doku, who we don't know yet. So I'm not quite as confident, but at the same time, if Haaland and Alvarez stay fit and they play like they have done at times in the first three games of the season, then I think we'll be absolutely fine again um, and we'll, we'll outscore every team in the league, as we always do. And then on the flip side of that, it does actually look like we don't need to score as many goals anymore because our defence is just a joke. So... Is there less pressure on scoring so many goals? Yet to be seen. Yeah, um, I, I mean, before <clears throat> before the Sheffield United game, I was quite fairly optimistic that we might run Chelsea's record close. What was it? They only conceded fifteen goals that season, was it? Yeah, um, fifteen. I and, think. Yeah. To be fair, we still might. I think at current rate, we'd concede 11 or 12. Well, listen, we're only three games in, so it's very early. But yes, our, our defence is stupendous and it, it, we shouldn't need as many goals. So, all right, Luke, Dave's a little bit concerned then about where the goals would come from if we lose Haaland. First question, do you agree? If so, should we have been looking at bringing in another forward? It's a great question. I've not actually thought about bringing another forward because I, I'm looking at the back, same as Dave, I'm looking at our back thinking, wow, the back line's impenetrable at times. It's sensational. You can't see many teams sort of scoring past it unless it's like a fluke of a wonder goal. Um, Harland is, he. It's, it's scary, isn't it? If he gets injured, we'd be going into the unknown and as a, as a blue, it's not a nice feeling to have that. Um, so... But then again, we've got a ready-made guy right there in Julian Alvarez who's playing off the left flank. And he's won every competition he's ever played in. Like, there's, there's, no, there's literally no reason to ever doubt him. He's not won the Man City Challenge Cup, the Carabao Cup. Oh, of course, he hasn't won that yet. Yeah, yeah of course. Well, he will win that this year because obviously we're Man City and we're going to... We, we don't like losing that cup. Um, and if he's playing up top, we, we saw it in glimpses last season. We've seen it in glimpses at the start of the season. He is electric at times with the ball at his feet. His movement, the way he drops his shoulder and moves. And he's a bit like Harlan with his attacking movements as well, where he'll just kind of like glide into positions and defenders don't pick him up. And... I suppose it kind of works in his favour that he's not a six foot five beast like Harlan, that he is a bit of a smaller guy kind of moving into them positions. But he can easily do a job in the league. I said last year, I think he's probably top three, top four strikers in the Premier League. And I stand by it. He's sensational. So really, the goals will come. Hopefully, Doku can come in and start. 
And if he can chip in with, I don't know, even five goals, ten goals, I think that's a good return in his first year, definitely. Um, and we've seen what Foden can do in them tight spaces. He's going to be scoring this season in and around the penalty area. I can't wait for it. Um, but yeah, if Haaland gets injured, I will be a little bit concerned. But if he stays fit, my God, we could be scoring a mm. ton again. I think the, the tough thing with this situation now is that we're at that no, that really awkward number of forwards where if we brought in another one and nobody got injured, somebody is sat on the bench for the whole season. Whereas if we do have an injury and we've not brought anyone in, we're thinking, why didn't we sign another one? It's a very awkward position to be in now with the number of forwards we've got. But that will bring me on to, uh, brings on to a little bit more of a conversation around Cole Palmer's pending departure. And we will cover that in part two. Stay with us. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Tomorrow, so on Friday, Amos and Adam will be covering the Champions League draw. But for now... We've got part two coming up. We are going to. We have been discussing the squad, the incomings and outgoings of the defence, the midfield and the forward line. Uh, we're going to review it as a squad. But before we do, I just want to touch on Cole Palmer uh, again. Just to reiterate, Fabrizio Romano has said you know he's done the here we go, which I don't know how much that counts for these days. But this has moved really quickly uh, since it, it will have been yesterday, and it looks like we're getting forty-five million pound for him. Hard to argue that's not a great deal for City. Luke, if you do think so, I want to hear it. But the question I've got first for you, David, is Palmer right to leave? Is he at the stage of his career where he should be leaving his education at City with Pep, with admittedly maybe a low number of minutes, for Chelsea without Pep, probably for a low number of minutes? I'm almost priming you here. But just a bit more context as well. He's very inexperienced considered uh, considering others of his age group. Uh, just looking at the under-21 World Cup final, the number of league starts from last season in that squad, the most was James Trafford, another departure from the CFA. He had 45 league starts last season. The lowest, not counting Emile Smith-Rowe, who was injured for most of the season, was uh, Garner at seven. Cole Palmer has two. He had two league starts. Wow. He's <clears throat> incredibly inexperienced. So... Dave, is Palmer, from his perspective, is he right to leave? Or is it more a case of he's right to seek a move, but maybe not Chelsea? Yeah, exactly that. I think Chelsea is the, the worst move he could possibly have picked in the whole of the Premier League, other than going to the rags. Leaving, <laughs> I probably think it might be 
the right thing to do only if, um, if I was in his shoes and I've been thinking about it quite a bit today last season he was deployed on the left wing quite a bit he's a right winger he had the opportunity to play on the right wing but Pep kept deploying him in a position where isn't his strength this season Mares has left who's meant to be his senior the person he's going to morph into first three games of the season he's not started we've gone and paid 50 million for a right winger with a left foot I think Doku's left foot is correct me if I'm wrong Foden's played out wide, Bernardo Silva's played out wide, even Cole Walker was pretty much playing right wing at the weekend at times. If I was Cole Palmer, I'd be thinking, there's about seven strikes there against me. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors in training. Is, is Pep not giving him the confidence, the sort of, that sort of, I don't know, the, the feeling that he is going to become a first team player or even contribute more than just every six, seven weeks he'll play a game, he'll play a game and a half and then he'll disappear again. A little bit like Rico Lewis has at the start of the season. It's like you, you think he's going to play a big role and he disappears again. Maybe he's thought, you know what, I've won the treble, albeit not contributed that much. He's had a good summer, stock's pretty high and it's time to go and try and get some minutes and for some unknown reason he's, he's made the decision drunk and he's gone to Chelsea. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a funny one. Um, I can see from his perspective why he wants to leave, but, but Chelsea have done this this summer, right? They've baffled people with some signings that they managed to convince to go. You know, think about Romeo Lavia, another example, right? He could have gone to Liverpool, maybe played a starring role there, and instead he's gone to Chelsea where they're absolutely stacked with players. So these young players are being promised something by Todd Bowley. I don't know what it is. That guy's obviously got the magic touch with, uh, with persuading these people to come in, but... Listen, yeah, Palmer, from my perspective, I'd be upset if we'd got a lower fee. Um, but at 45 million, I think we just snap, absolutely snatch their hands off and say, see you later, wherever you want to go. But Luke, so you, you've mentioned a couple of times before we've recorded that you don't think we should be accepting this deal. I think we've had the pants down. I'm absolutely fascinated. Explain yourself. Please explain yourself. Um, it's... I don't think it's more of a case of City shouldn't be accepting. It's Cole Palmer shouldn't be accepting it. I mean, come on, what's he doing? I, all so I'm going to say you is... You think, hang on, so, so from a City perspective, you think it's a good deal? £45 million for Cole Palmer, done. Take I it. think, yeah, I, I think it's an okay deal. It, uh, what begs the difference is we don't know if there's a sell-on cause. We don't know if there's a buyback obligation, which City usually have either a sell-on cause or a buyback obligation. That's just how we've done transfers recently. So I I reckon we're going to have at least a 20% sort of sell-on cause there um, with Cole Palmer. We have to. So... We are very business astute. I'm never going to back against sort of City making the right decision in regards to a business sense. But I'm thinking more like a fan. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to be a fan in this scenario. He's a home. He's a homegrown lad. He's from Stockport. I know people who know him personally. Like he's he's one of our own. He literally lives and breathes Manchester and Stockport. Like. Oh, I just don't want him to go and potentially throw his career away at Chelsea. Like, surely, surely he can get a move abroad. Like, abroad would be perfect for him. Imagine going to a slower-paced league, really honing your skills there, away from all distractions of England, be a footballer. Instead, he's going down to play in a very, very sort of... A squad where he might not even get in it. 
I swear Chelsea have like 32, 33 sort of senior members. He might not even get in the bloody Premier League squad at this rate. Like, who knows what Todd Bowl is going. So all I'm thinking is he's heard, Vince, he's heard Shane McMahon's theme tune from the early noughties of here comes the money. And that's the way I'm thinking about it. He then must be shoving like 100, 150 grand in his face in order to get him to go. Because otherwise, I just don't think it's a logically good decision for him. Well, we've seen it a lot this summer. A lot of players at, at all age ranges. You know, Gabri Vega comes to mind. He's he's gone from Spain over to Saudi Arabia at the grand old age of twenty. Um, one thing that never changes in football is that money talks. And you know, he's thinking while his stock is high, if he's got a mega contract on offer, take it because he could go online somewhere. Uh, could go on loan somewhere in Spain or Germany. Not do so well, and then he ends up in the championship on ten grand a week, fifteen grand a week. So. Mm-hmm. I don't entirely blame him. All right, so let's look at the bigger picture then. Simple question, and why? Dave, come back to you first. Are we stronger as a squad overall? So just to recap for the listeners, in Kovacic, Gvardiol, Doku, possibly Nunes, out, Laporte, Mares, Gundo, possibly Chancelo, probably Cole Palmer. Are we stronger as a squad, and why? Uh, as of right now, Yes, as of potentially Friday night, Cancelo goes, Palmer goes, and only Nunes comes in. I'd probably say maybe we're slightly down, only being we are one or two injuries away from being in in quite a bit of trouble. I think Rodri and Harden go down. No matter what we've done in the transfer window, we are in trouble. I think that the team like hangs on Rodri and Harden really, doesn't it, in terms of the how we play and how we score goals. So. I, I'm confident at the moment. I would like Nunes to come in 100%. If he doesn't, then I think we are light big time, especially with the extra games um, in, in over winter period and we're going to go for the Champions League again. But from the first three games of the season, I think we've looked pretty strong. We haven't been we haven't been brilliant, but we never are. We're, we're normally worse than this by quite some way. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting at the moment thinking we're in for a good season and Nunes signing does quite excite me. So... Yeah, I think I think we're in a good position right now. It'll be interesting to see exactly where we finish on Friday night because I do think there's a little bit more to be done, and there might be a little surprise, a little Akanji last minute 15 million signing from somewhere that pops in. Maybe, maybe not, but I'll be uh, I'll be sitting watching. What a shout! That'd be nice, wouldn't it? If we get one of those yeah, little surprises, a little surprise and end up as good as Akanji. Wow, that'd be really nice because because there's, there's nothing like that on the radar at the moment. So that'd be awesome. Um, Luke, overall, good, bad, good window? Are we stronger, weaker? Yeah, I think we're so, uh, plateau, maybe slightly stronger, but we have just come off a treble. So to come off as like a plateau sort of side, you're happy with that, aren't you, really? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to use the phrase like a new sign again, but I am going to. You've got people like McAtee, we've not even mentioned. Uh, he's going to come in and hopefully get some minutes on the board as well, sure. um, which is also going to help us. But yeah, I, I like, feel a like, like a new like signing, Luke. Like a new signing. Clip it, guys. Get it in your group chats. <laughs> it's there. Um, but I agree with Dave uh, entirely. I, I, I feel like we are in a very good position, and I love um, and I, I love a bit of positivity on this podcast from two guests. What's happening here? Like, what's that's happening? Been, that's what, that's what happens when, when Booker's not on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's worth saying as well that last season we were saying it was a transition season and we ended up taking the treble home. 
this summer, like I think I put it up on Instagram that we've trimmed twenty two years off the average age with Gundogan, Mares, and um, who was the third player that's left? Laporte. So we've actually made three signings where we've invested in youth again, and if they if we're still looking as good by trimming that off the average age, you'd, you'd, it'd be pretty hard to say we haven't actually got stronger because the squad's younger, it's hungrier. Mm. Pepe always says he likes them hungry young players, so yeah, it's a really shout. important aspect. And and uh, we we just had a producer note just to say that Booker's not actually uh, negative or cynical. He, he just you know offers the other point of view for balance. So. <laughs> Just, that we have we have signed a contract. We do need to say that, by the way, everybody. Um, we have the producer. Another note, just saying Booker is a realist. <laughs> that's how he defines himself. So there we go. Glad that's cleared up. All right, guys. So ju- just before we wrap up, um, I feel it's important to discuss the annual list that we always get of da 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 the ones who got away. Every year we have it. They usually end up at Manchester United and they end up completely falling on their arse. Last season's was Cucurella, who ended up at Chelsea and fell on his arse. So generally we do pretty well out of missing out on players. So this season, the list I've got, and I know there are a few, and listen, we've been linked with 50-odd players as we are every year, so I'm going to pick out three. And the three that I've picked out are Jude Bellingham, who we were heavily linked with just before the window opened, Declan Rice, Bidding war with Arsenal. You can believe whatever you want to believe as to how that turned out. And Lucas Paquetar, who gambled away his car. Um, hmm. Are we going to miss these three? Really? Uh, and we don't need really predictions on how they're going to do because they're all going to do crap because players tend to when they miss out on a move to City. But are we going to miss them? Uh, their profiles and, and them as a prospective signing. Dave, to you and then straight over to you, Luke. I think in that order of importance, really, I think Jude Bellingham would have been a sensational sign, and I said it at the start of the summer. I think he is he's destined for multiple Ballon d'Or trophies. He is an unbelievable midfielder. He's playing as a number nine for Real Madrid at the age of is it twenty one, looking unbelievable. Um, if he doesn't get injured, if his knee doesn't go, which obviously there's, I don't know if that's just City fans saying his knee's dodgy because we're sad that we didn't get him, but. Yeah, I'm gutted we didn't sign him. And I do think if he ends up anywhere in the Premier League in the future, it won't be City, sadly. Declan Rice, I was never that keen on the deal. I think it was just I got a little bit caught up in the transfer window of being like, we need to sign someone. It looks like Arsenal are making moves. We need to go in there and do that. I don't think he's a £105 million midfielder at all. I think if we get Nunez for half the price, we're, we're coming out of that better. And Pacater, or Pacater, uh, again, I didn't, I didn't know anything of him until... The rumour came. I hadn't watched him. If we've missed out on a £80 million midfielder and we've got a £50 million one, I think we'll be fine as well. I think we've probably done okay considering we missed out on Jude. But yeah, Rice, not too bothered. Paqueta, not too bothered. Jude, gutted. <laughs> yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you, Dave. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but I, I also think it's more of a case, if you look at it from a player perspective... I think Jude Bellingham made the right decision. I think Declan Rice made the right decision for him as well. And then Paqueta didn't get to make a decision because of, obviously, the allegations going around. So I I, I think it was... We, we probably would have signed them for the sake of signing them rather than because we needed to, which is not the City way of sort of doing business. The one, I think, for one that got away for me personally is probably Eze. I'd have loved to have seen Eze. 
um, in in this squad. I feel like he could have added something different and something a bit more direct. Um, who, but as he's not a, an old guy, he, he could have another one or two years at Palace smashing it and we can go in in a couple of years. Or he could flop and Pep will just stick two fingers up to me and say, mm-hmm. I told you so, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could, I'll, I'll appreciate either one. And that's it. And to be honest, that's why I've picked the three that I have because those are three players where it, they were one of those where it feels like now or never for the for this summer or never. Uh, as, as Dave said, you know, if Bellingham does end up in the Premier League, it's probably not going to be with us. Declan Rice almost absolutely one hundred percent certainly won't be moving from Arsenal to City. And Pakistan, maybe it obviously depends on the outcome of this investigation. But do you know what? With, with Kovacic and if we sign Mateus Nunes, it feels like the gap, you know, that gap in the squad for Pakatar has gone. So we'll see how it turns out. Boys, any other comments on the transfer window, Dave? I just want it over now. <laughs> I want it wrapped up so we can concentrate on the season. I've, I've, I'm sick of my WhatsApp and Twitter blowing up or X, whatever we want to call it now. I'm just ready for the season so we can actually start mm. focusing on everyone's final squad numbers and we can move forward. Luke? Yeah, I agree. I feel like the group chat's going to be a much better place once the um, transfer window is finished. I can't wait for it. Awesome. Cool. Listeners, any comments? Any comments on anything we've discussed? Because we have just really got through quite a lot about that transfer window. Leave them below or tweet us at City Report Pod. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've been your host, Ollie Kirsch. Thank you, Luke. Thank you very much, Ollie. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very much, Gaffer. This is the City Report podcast and we will see you tomorrow. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.